3: It's pain-free Friday, Pharrell on a bench, coast-to-coast coast in the biggest way possible, hanging out a bad seat, a broken eight, a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad, out bad seat, bad life, bad dude, bad rap, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Magic City Studios in the Pharrell Appalachian, right across the room through the woods from where Granny loves a little blue dream in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh, people dressed in plastic bags, the regular traffic, some kind of fashion, shake up, Should do be. All my friends come around, flat to flat the party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown with a mess of tats and tatter. My brain splattered all over Manhattan, Should do Ooh, woo, woo. I think I'm gonna call something from Keith. better. it's only right on the right road, but I like it, like it. Yes, I do, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's gigging? I'm Pharrell, along with Carver Hi, Mafia. Running it with Tystick Jones via Omaha Beefville and LTN in Kansas City, Mo. Let's get a birthday roll call going, shall we? Uh, all right, here we go. TJ McConnell, 30. Uh, Kirby Yates, 35. Your boy Rio up in Toronto, 35. Kyle Lowry, 36. Marco Bellinelli, 36. Danica, 40. Cheryl Swoops, 51. On the back, nine. Cami Granado, 51 in a tandem with Cheryl Swoops golfing at 12.45. Uh, Travis Fryman, 53. Tom Glavin, 56. He's for Pharrell's age. Avery Johnson, 57. Lee Mazzilli, 67. And Mike Nagy, 74. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. All right. Deshaun Watson meets the media for the first time since... His trade to Cleveland and says he's never done anything to anyone, no woman or otherwise. Raised by a single-parent mother, he says he's never touched a woman. All these allegations are lies. Watson thanks the Browns for taking a chance on him. We got that. He says it was time to leave Houston. Watson says he doesn't need counseling because he doesn't have a problem. He certainly doesn't have a financial problem. He's getting $230 million guaranteed. Tyreek Hill on the show today, plus uh, the Chiefs signed Marquez Valdez Scanlon to a three-year deal. They did that yesterday afternoon. The Bears signed Trevor Simeon. Uh, He's a quarterback. That doesn't matter. Walker Bueller will start opening day for the Dodgers. Their manager is guaranteed they're going to win the World Series. We got the odds to have the best record in the uh, majors, odds to have the worst record. Relief pitcher Andrew Miller retires. We got Coach Young on the show to talk NBA and Regional semi-activity tonight of the NCAAs. We'll get into all that with him. David Shane joins us from the Vegas Review-Journal to find out what's wrong with the Vegas Golden Knights. They've been having their struggles lately, for sure. USA gets the draw at Azteca last night in Mexico City in a qualifying attempt for the World Cup. Boy, did they have their chances to score in this game. Multiple opportunities in front on the doorstep. Failure on all of them particularly from one Christian uh, Pulisic who uh, had the chance of a lifetime and missed it. I think I would have kicked that ball in. Uh, The USA uh, needs a win over Panama and Orlando on Sunday. That would secure a spot in Qatar in the World Cup. They got, I think, two games left to do it. They got to win. It's that simple. Arkansas upset uh, Gonzaga. 74-68, Seventy-four, sixty-eight. we got all of that for you, plus Eric Musselman. Zags tied to most appearances by school as a one seed with no national championships. We welcome all of our radio affiliates on a Friday to Coast to Coast. Good to see you. Good to have you with us. Dr. Chivago, Dr. David Chow with us talking injuries today as well on Coast to Coast. Nova beat the Wolverines sixty-three, fifty-five. 55 uh, They had a, a late layup chance for the cover, Brick. They had a late three chance for the cover, brick. Oh, God, it was just – if you had Michigan and bet on the uh, Wolverines on the spread, how painful watching the guy miss the layup. I mean, honest to Christ. I was like, dude, what are you doing, bro? You suck. We got Jay Wright on the show. Duke beat Texas Tech. I think that was a Mike Sheshevsky special beating uh, Mark Adams. I said yesterday on the show he's just a better coach. He's going to win the game just because he's coaching. And they had no business winning that game. Paolo Banchero, a big, big three. We got it for you. Coach K, proud of his team. So proud. Coach K gets his 100 tourney win. Houston beats Nova easily. Excuse me, Arizona easily. Uh, they kicked their ass by 12. Edwards with the late three, extending the Cougar lead. We got it for you. Kelvin Sampson on the show today. Uh, teams left standing in the Sweet 16 after last night's games. We got that Saturday's elite eight games, at least who we know is in it already. Villanova and Houston, Arkansas against Duke. Doug Eddard says all the Peacocks have a chip on their shoulder. It's national Peacock day and the Peacocks are playing getting 12 and a half from the Boilermakers. Bill Self knows Providence is going to be a challenge. You got Kansas and Providence in one of the other games tonight. We got Ed Cooley on the show. We got your odds for that game. Uh, TJ uh, Olsenberger, excited for his opportunity for the Cyclones. Iowa State taking on Miami. We got Jim Laranega on the show as well. We got today in sports history, all of that for you. Plus, we've got a UFC fight night on Saturday. Suns beat the Nuggets last night. They clinched the number one seed in the West. We got everything in the NBA, including all of Friday's games. Uh, We'll break down all of those and hit them. Plus, hockey. Uh, We'll cover every game and talk to David Shane, as I mentioned, and set you up for tonight's games and this weekend's game to get it all on coast to coast. So grab a freshie and go with us.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: All right, for all back on uh, coast to coast, you know, uh, BetMGM March matchups contest is absolutely rocking. You sign up and bet ten dollars on any money line and win two hundred if either team hits a three pointer. I mean, honest to God, sign up, bet ten bucks on any money line and win two hundred if either team hits a three pointer. That's gonna happen. You're gonna make two hundred bucks. Bonus code SG Turney, and you are absolutely styling. That's SG Turney, like Sports Grid Turny. All right, Carver High. Uh, we start off with Deshaun Watson today.
5: Uh, yes, we do, Scotty. He met the media in Cleveland for the first time earlier today. Really, the first time anybody has gotten a chance to talk to Deshaun Watson. Let us start with him thanking the Browns. For taking a chance on him in Cleveland, Scotty. Here's Deshaun Watson.
6: Yes. uh, First, I want to say thank you to um, D and Jimmy Haslam and the Haslam family for giving me this awesome opportunity to be the quarterback of this historical organization in the Cleveland Browns. I got history, all right. I'm losing. And Coach Kevin uh, for also giving me the opportunity to come here to to join this organization, join this locker room, to lead these guys, and be a servant leader. And then another opportunity for, you know, this organization, for me to come in here and have the opportunity to show this community, show this city, show this organization, show this locker room who the person I really am. And that's the main focus that I want to do is continue to show people who I really am and get my story out eventually.
3: Listen, I I don't know what to believe anymore with Deshaun Watson. Uh, I do know this. I've said repeatedly that he's not going to pay anybody any money. Nobody's getting a penny. Uh, I stand by that. He's not gonna give a, a cent of civil uh suit money to anybody. And both grand juries wouldn't indict him. I mean, bottom line is they got nothing on him. So they're not gonna convict him of anything. Uh he's not gonna give anybody any money. And then uh on top of that, he's a great quarterback. Uh there's no questions asked in that department. He can really play flat out, he's gonna be a rock star. Will they be as good as he is? We'll see. Uh, You would think that he'll make all of them better. Uh, You know, I don't see how losing OBJ and Landry that they're better. I really don't. I know they got Cooper, but let's not forget that Cooper's numbers dropped off like he was on a a cliff diving vacation, okay? Uh, You know, I mean, the guy did nothing in Dallas. His numbers tumbled, right? So let's see what he does in Cleveland. If if they got one guy that's going to do all this great stuff, uh, I believe in Watson. I know he's dangerous. I know I don't want to play him twice a year, uh, the Steelers, uh, as a Steeler fan. But it is what it is. Uh, I think there's great quarterbacks all over the AFC now. He's just one of them. Funny, uh, you know, Carver High, they, they get this guy to him $230 million, but their odds aren't any better. I mean, they're not even in the – I mean, they're like 10th or something. They absolutely – no one thinks that they're going to do anything. And, you know, I've always said uh, they've never done anything. He said he's this historic franchise, historic for losing. I'll give you that. They have no history. Uh, I, I These fans argue with me all the time because they're so stupid. Uh, they really are. <laughs> You're hanging your hats on on championships in the 50s that nobody counts. I mean, we're talking about Super Bowl era football here, folks. We're not talking about when you weren't even in your uh, father satchel page planning a romance with mommy. Okay? <laughs> you weren't even, uh, there was no even thought of having you. So, uh, you were a mistake, all right? Mistake by the lake, just like they call it. So, I don't have any faith whatsoever in the Browns winning anything. I don't even care if they haven't.
5: Well, of course, it has been a couple of very rocky years for Deshaun Watson in the city of Houston. He says, Scotty, it was time to move on. Here's Watson.
3: What did you want out of Houston?
6: Uh, the biggest thing was, I think, at the time, um, we just both were going in different directions. And so for me to be able to accomplish the things that I want to do, um, you know, we, we started off doing it privately with my agency. And then it led to, you know, the whole big situation. But yeah, we just, it was it was a time for both of us to kind of part ways. Was
2: just a couple months after they had given you a new
5: contract. So what triggered the change of sentiment?
6: Um, I think for this circumstance in this situation, it's hard to get to too far into the details. Times. But, um, yeah, it was just, like I said before, it was just a time for both of us to part ways. I know that previously the, the contract was given to me that summer, um, but at the same time, I was honest and straightforward with the organization. They were honest with me and we came to the conclusion that this was the best situation.
3: I mean, this was about uh, 23 sexual assault allegations. This is about nothing else, not about Divorces, or parting ways, or going in a different direction, or we were both headed in uh, different, you know, uh, directions. All this other nonsense. This is about he could not exist in Houston anymore, being accused of sexually assaulting twenty three different women. It's that simple. Let's let's stop with all the bullshack.
5: Well, that was a topic. Of course, he was asked several times during this press conference about. Those allegations in Houston, he says, Scotty, I don't need any counseling for anything. I haven't done anything wrong. Here's Watson one last time. Will you be willing to do things, you know, personally in terms of counseling
4: or or whatever it else, whatever else it would take to show that you'll go the extra mile to make sure nothing like this ever happens again?
6: Um, I, I it's hard for me to say the counseling part because I don't, I don't have a problem. You know, I don't, I don't have an issue. And that's, that's what I've been saying from the beginning. So this situation is, is definitely is, is tough and it's very difficult. But me as, a, as a, having a problem going to counseling and things like that, I'm willing to talk to people about circumstances to make sure I'm not getting back in this. But I've, like I said before, I never assaulted anyone, never disrespected anyone. Um, I've always been respectful, and that's what I've always you know, stood on, and that's who I am as a person.
3: Well, uh, I know this much, Uh, he's not guilty. He's been uh, cleared of everything Uh, and it's this simple. He has more money than you will ever know in your entire lifetime. He will never have to do another thing beyond play football for the rest of his life. He's set for life. Uh, He's not going to jail for sexual assault or rape or anything else. He's not paying anyone a penny in civil lawsuits. All of these people that are accusing him of everything they lose because they've got nothing on him so i'll tell you what if i were him at this point that question i would have been like okay here's the deal uh i'm not doing anything for anybody uh and here's the double birds for everybody else because i'm done listening to all this what should i do maybe i should go to therapy i need a doctor you know what she should go have a sandwich that chick because she just wants him to be in trouble uh you had to have done it I believe you did it. You were, you were cleared of all charges, but I still think you need help. Shut up. Just go have a sandwich with mayonnaise on it. No one's listening to you. Go write your crappy story because I'm not going to give you anything at all. I am free and clear and I just got paid $230 million. You want to go drink some champagne, honey? Let's go. I mean, it's over with trying to put him in federal prison for sexual assault. I mean, uh, the bottom line is, is that I'm right. I mean, he is free and clear. This guy is out of trouble. He has nothing to worry about. I wouldn't go see a doctor to save your ass. Screw you.
5: It, it was a very bizarre scene. The whole thing lasted about 45 minutes. They pressed Andrew Berry, the general manager, about if he asked any of the women. Stefanski basically just sat there and said nothing for 45 minutes. I don't know where the Haslam's were either, uh, Scott. He's just in the ownership maybe been up there for that today? I'm not sure. No,
3: because they want to win football games, and I'll be honest with you, let's get real clear here. They don't care one lick about all these women that are mad. They just don't care. If they cared about what the women think in Cleveland, they wouldn't have given him $230 million and signed him to a fat deal. Here's how much they care about the women, zero
1: This is The Lion's Share, brought to you by BetMGM.
3: Well, uh, how do you do? I have a massive chunk of something in my eyeball right now, so if uh, at any point you see me stick my fist inside my eye, you know why. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Uh, I have no idea what to do with it. I'm just going to deal with it. Uh, It's just driving me nuts. I just wanted to say that as well. Uh, Anyway, Coach Young joins us. He doesn't care about my eye problems. He hopes I have a scratched cornea, as a matter of fact, Uh, because uh, if I don't have a double-double every night, I have to scratch my eyeballs (laughs) with my fingernails. I got to work harder. Hey, so uh, first I want to start with this. Uh, How about D-Book last night? Going to Denver on a back-to-back second game and going off on the Nuggets and uh, clinching home court throughout, clinching the number one seed, and then uh, does that finally put to rest the uh, talk of the Jokers, the back-to-back MVP of, uh, you know, the talk between him and MB because, uh, you know, you lose at home on a, a game you should have won because the Suns were traveling and playing the second night, you don't get it done. I mean, does that not get held against you when we're talking about big game performances of who's the MVP? Because uh, my boy Embiid's over here dropping thirty a night.
7: Yo, son. First off, please don't scratch your corny. I, I don't, I don't need that. You're my guy. <laughs> you know, unless you want to look at this ugly mug for twelve minutes every day. But on to the game, bro. I mean, Deborah gave up a buck forty last night. So yeah, it hurts his, his MVP chance. I know twenty eight. It's a, it's the quietest. 28, 6, and 6 that you've seen in a long time, right, Scotty? Mine is 15. But here's the thing I'm going to bring up. D-Book, 49 and 10. Why is he not getting consideration for top five in the MVP voting? I know people are going to talk about Chris Paul, but his stats have been just as good, in fact, better, not only with his points, but his shooting percentage, with his rebounding, and with his passing since CP3 left. He should be talked about in the top five in the MVP market because, I mean, I'm, I'm looking, his team's got the best record in the NBA. So he should be under consideration. But Joker's gone. This is Embiid's award. Go cash that ticket, baby.
3: Listen, I, the thing about Booker is I get it. I'm cool with it. Uh, I understand what you're saying. And Monty Williams is like, it's a joke that he's not being talked about uh, for MVP, and I'm fair with that. My problem is... Uh, is that like, you know, I gotta tell you ESPN every week they have a uh, flavor of the week. Every week it's someone different. John Morant should be the MVP. They, they rode that for a week. Then they went right into the Joker. Uh, they rode that for a week. Now today you hear why isn't Booker the MVP? And I hear all their analysts on TV saying Booker's the MVP. I am done with it. None of them are the MVP. I'm not even a Sixer fan. I'm a money fan. I'm a money fan because I got that ticket. And all I know is, is that guy's the MVP, even if I hate his guts. I mean, you have to admit that he's the MVP. Why is it that every week it's a different flavor? Every week they're trying to sell me. Next week, it'll be Luka Doncic. It'll be someone next week. They refuse to give the brother the MVP because the media is filled with idiots and know-it-alls. You can call me whatever you want because
7: I'm not a D. I tell it like it is. I think the rest of them are tools and idiots. I mean, I was going to go with jabroni, but tools and idiots? I mean, that 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 kind of works for me, yes. I think for these guys, it's about content. Embiid is the MVP. I'm not questioning that. I'm just saying that Devin Booker should be in the top five for the MVP voting. But Embiid has ran away with this, and it isn't even close. If this thing isn't 85%, First place votes to Embiid, they need to get their heads checked. I mean, honestly, Scotty, it should be unanimous. But a couple of idiots will just do it just to be different than everybody else. But this should be a runaway for Embiid for the MVP trophy.
3: No problem for the Grizzlies. They won without Jai. He's going to be out for two weeks. And they blew out the Pacers anyway. They're locked, stock, and barrel. A dangerous commodity in the playoffs, that team, especially with Ja.
7: Listen, they're young and they don't give a you know what. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't care. Like they're young and dumb, that they'll hang around. Bainock drops 30. Jared Jackson drops 20. Steven Adams, great addition by getting rid of Valentinus for him. Six and 17 and six assists. Tyus Jones is probably the best backup in the league with 11 and 5 last night. They got Zaire Williams. They got they have so many guys, Scotty. And here's the thing. When we talk about all these other teams, and, you know, we talk about Golden State and Curry and Thompson and all this stuff, right now, if you ask me, seven-game series, Memphis, Golden State, I'm taking Memphis right now because I think they got too many dudes and they'll just run Golden State right out of the gym. In fact, didn't they beat Golden State or someone last year in the plan? So they don't care. They'll just run them out of the gym.
3: All right, so uh, let's get into uh, the lion's share Scooby Snacks for tonight, not only in the NBA, but in the regional semis that are left in the NCAAs.
7: All right, so let's go NBA first. We're going with James Harden, over 7.5 rebounds at even money, averaging 7.8 the season, 6.8 the last eight games, hit 2 of 5, missed 2 by the hook, Clippers bad with rebounding, 28th in rebounds, Allowed per game. Long shots, long rebounds. Look for Harden to get over seven and a half. Play number two, low hanging fruit. Sadiq Bay over four and a half rebounds. I know it's a lot of juice at minus 150. Averaging five the last 10, hit five in the last seven, 12 in the last 17 games. Sadiq Bay is starting to play pretty well for a team in the Pistons that all of a sudden are covering games left and right. Play number three. This is a tricky one here. Marcus Morris over 15 and a half points and assist today. Now they're dropping his minutes to 25 the rest of the season. He's averaging 20.40 season, but he's averaging 18 combined and 26 minutes per game in the last nine. So with the minutes at 25, if he stays within his mark, he should get the 15 plus points and assists. Play number four, Utah, minus 3.5 at the Hornets. Jazz are 4-1, ATS the last five meetings. versus the Hornets, Hornets 2-6-1, Against the spread, the last nine as a home dog and 13 to one, and the last eighteen home games, especially after the way they got beat it, beat up in Boston. I like the Jazz minus three and a half, and because of all the turmoil that went on a couple of nights ago, I'm going against the Knicks. I'm taking the Miami Heat minus seven and a half. I know the Knicks are seven two against spread the next nine as an underdog. I get it to so eight and three overall uh, in the last eleven. You know, but the Heat are five and zero against for the last five games. Following a double-digit home loss, what's that mean? When they lose at home and get embarrassed, they come back and they beat the snot out of someone. And tonight, I'm sorry, it's going to be for my hometown, New York Knicks.
3: All right, let's go to the uh, college uh, games
7: tonight. I know you have a couple that you like. Yeah, let's go to. Pro- I'm going to go with Providence plus the points. I think this is a team that's being grossly disrespected this entire year. 4-1 against spread the last five following a straight-up win. They're 19-7 against the spread the last 26 games as an underdog. Meal kids Kansas, I know they're playing well. 4-5-1 against uh, the spread um, the last six that's a favorite. 4-1 against spread versus a team with a winning record over 600. But they're 1-4 against the spread the last five NCAA tournament games. This game comes down to the wire. Ed Cooley will make this a fight. Play number two, I'm going with UCLA minus the point versus uh, North Carolina. This is a tricky one. But tutorials are 7-18-1, the last 26 in neutral side games as an underdog. And 1-6 gets to spread the last seven NCAA tournament games as an underdog. Bruins 8-3 gets to spread the last 11 games as a favorite. I like and uh, UCLA minus the points. And then I'm going to the U. minus three and a half versus Iowa State. Iowa State, good story. But, I mean, the first-round team they beat was LSU. I mean, I, I, the Pharrell Bulls would have beat them by 20 with all the drama going on with that program. But with the Cyclones, yeah, they're 6-1 against the spread the last seven neutral site games, 5-1 against the spread the last six as an underdog. But Miami's playing really well, 6-1-1 against the spread their last eight games overall. Give me the U, and I know we couldn't get a graphic. Give me St. Peter's to cover tonight. I think the spread's too big. Shaw will have that team ready to play, and I'm just banking on Matt Painter to be Matt Painter at some point. And I think it may happen tonight. And this game would be a little bit closer than the line. Those were
3: staggering numbers that you talked about with Iowa State. I'm not a trend guy, but those are dangerous numbers. You just gave six and one neutral site, five and one. The other one, I'm just sitting here going like that number at three and a half, even at two and a half, I was leery. Uh, And I got to tell you now at three and a half, I'm scared to death. Uh, What did you think of last night? I mean, in terms of uh, what you saw, Uh, start with, uh nova i thought michigan had every chance in the world to cover that spread not to win the game duke i think it was Shashevsky beating adams is what i saw and arkansas i thought effed with gonzaga the entire game i thought the whole game they effed with them i never thought gonzaga was in that game i thought it was houston's game to lose and i thought uh houston kicked arizona's ass
7: well listen here's what i'm gonna say first off about the arizona game scotty that was grown man basketball I mean they, they just literally beat the snot out of them because they were tougher than them. I mean they were taking the ball from Drew Timmy like it was nothing. Jed Holmgren, you think this guy's a big time NBA prospect? Nemberard couldn't make a shot. And this kid, uh JT Nodi, no today, we're 21, 6 and 6, 9 for 29. Boy, he, he's like he like he's like Chuck Person. He gets his shot off, off anybody. Right. In regards to Duke, you know, Coach K outperformed Coach Adams. And the other big story is Houston, i love Nova to win the national championship, but I'm getting nervous because I think Houston will get you to play their style, and if they make it a fight, their guys are tougher than your guys, even the kids from Villanova. All right, uh, I got five
3: seconds. You like the Sixers to cover that number against the Clippers tonight in L.A.? Absolutely, you blow them out. All right, and Mavericks, Timberwolves, who do you like? T-Wolves get revenge tonight at home. All right, Coach. Have a killer weekend. Enjoy the games tonight and all weekend long. Love you.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. SportsGrid.com.
3: Let's go out to Vegas. Uh, David Shane is our buddy with the uh, Vegas Review Journal. He covers the uh, Golden Knights, uh, who have certainly had their problems. They didn't last night, though. Uh, they kicked Nashville's ass at the T-Mobile 6-1. to one, And I saw that uh, Eichel had a goal and an assist. Now, I had heard that, uh, I think, last week or whatever, he got hurt. What happened there? And he's back on the ice already, so it couldn't have been that big of a deal.
8: Yeah, first off, good to talk to you again. It's been a little bit. Uh, Eichel blocked a shot. Uh, looked like it went off his right hand, and he was definitely shaking it off as he went, you know, off the ice. Uh, apparently, tests didn't show enough to, to keep him out, or he's gutting it through. Uh, clearly, he looked healthy from, you know, like the waist down last night. Certainly had his legs uh, and had enough on the hand, you know, to pop that that shot past uh, UC Saros as well. Uh, for a power play goal. So they're, they're definitely going to need him right now down the stretch. Uh, they've been struggling for offense and he's the one guy who can really provide it.
3: Can you see the difference between having him and not having him in the lineup? Like since he's come to Vegas, can you tell why he's so highly regarded? Because it, w- it was on his own in Buffalo. There was no help. He carried the whole franchise on his shoulders. And it was brutally unfair if you ask me the situation he was in. What's he like, the guy you're seeing on the ice since he's been in Sin City?
8: I mean, it's a little bit unfair for him just in terms of he hasn't had any chance to create any chemistry with anybody. You know, Max Pacioretty's been hurt behind the scenes when those two, before Aiko was activated, they were kind of working, you know, together. That was kind of the combination that they were trying to put together. Max Pacioretty's been in and out of the lineup, hurt, banged up. And so to be fair to Jack Eichel, he's just had a revolving door of line mates, and really hasn't had a chance to, to get any sort of chemistry. It, it feels like, you know, last night worked a little bit to and, and Nicholas, Waugh, he had had, you know, William Carlson up there in March or so just to try to stack something together and, and that wasn't really working. So, I mean, we've, we've seen a little bit of him trying to do it on his own a little bit and. I don't want to judge him too much on that because I know he's in a little bit of a difficult spot, but again, to go back to, you know, to what I was saying with my first answer, he's a $10 million guy. And they're in a, they're in a really tight spot here, playoff wise in a, in a, in a push and a crunch. And he's the guy that if they're going to turn to, you know, can provide the offense and it has to last night, you know, he scored the goal, but there was a play where he went all the way, you know, down the right wing, decided to carry it around the net and centered it nobody got to the puck but it was the type of play and it, you know that that you want to see from him and if somebody is able to finish that you know get into the right spot then maybe the Knights right. will be in business a little bit more here
3: somebody's got to come haul an ass down that a high slot and make that play yeah uh, I know exactly what you're talking about and I think he does have those skills uh Dodonoff tell me yeah. about the breakdown in the whole deal and what the hell happened it was with the Ducks right
8: Yeah, but my understanding with all this is it goes back even further to last summer in terms of when the Knights acquired Evgeny Dodanoff from the senators. And what I was told from talking to a couple people is that on that trade call, it was made clear to the Golden Knights. And then also the NHL that Dadonov did not have a no trade clause or didn't have a list or it was void something to have the Knights and the NHL operate under the assumption that he didn't have a no trade clause. So once they tried to trade him to Anaheim, the Donovans and his agent produced that he actually did have a no trade clause, that Anaheim was in fact on that, and that they were able to block that trade. The problem was it took two days to get that resolved. And the Golden Knights were starved for offense, weren't actually able to put him in the lineup in Winnipeg. And so I'm not going to say it cost them a game, but it certainly didn't help them in that situation that the NHL dragged its feet on a matter that was pretty clear like even the knights weren't really fighting this in terms of he had the clause he had a no trade you know list and once it was produced the proof there wasn't really anything other than you know let the player have
3: his rights he had a big game last night now uh do they i mean do they want to get rid of this guy i mean at the end of the day it looks like they did
8: yeah and the, the thing the reason that they wanted to move him was cap space that they've got all these other guys: Mark Stone, Alec, Alec Martinez, uh, Max Pacioretty, now Robin Leonard, All these other guys that are on injured reserve. That at some point they need to clear the cap space if they're going to activate them. So that was the motivation behind it. You know, they've got so many other problems right now. They're riding a third-string goalie, and and his backup is, you know, a guy who would, you know, basically hadn't even been in the minors before this year. So like goaltending is an issue. Like if they're going to get across the finish line it's going to be with basically like a preseason lineup here. So I, I don't know how they feel at this point. If they're just kind of, you know, letting it ride and whatever happens, happens, or if they're actually going to really try to make the push here. And if they are, you know, maybe Dodonov is the only offense, you know, or at least one of the few sources of offense that they have right now. And they need him in the lineup. Maybe. So Thompson
3: played in the nets last night. What the hell has happened to the Vegas Golden Knights with all these injuries? I've never seen anything like it.
8: Yeah, the only thing, it's funny, Pete DeBoer made a comment in, like, the third day of training camp about how they got through healthy, and I kind of laughed at the time. And, it, I mean, like, the only thing I can think back now is, like, that's a total jinx. Like, it, it really is. And, and, like, the thing about it is, like you mentioned, it's not just the number of injuries. it's It's to who? It's to Mark Stone. It's to your number one goalie it's your number one goal scorer with patch You know, you've had Nolan Patrick out for a chunk. You've had Alec Martinez out for the majority of the season. You know, one of your top, you know, shop blockers on the fence, like it hasn't been like third and fourth line guys, like on the fringe, it's been their main guys. And the funny part is they're almost a victim of their success early on that they were able to stay afloat. They were able to get some wins. They were able to find some depth scoring. And the problem is now, when they've needed all that it, it kind of all caught up with them and and they struggled you know through february they had kind of a weird funky schedule where they, where they weren't playing a lot of games they got out of a rhythm and and they're just they're behind the eight ball right now they're they're really in trouble if you get into the whole math of it and what they need to do over their last 16 games to make the playoffs versus you know what some of these other teams LA Edmonton you know even like Dallas for a wild card to they really need to go on a run, and they really need to get some help from, from some of these other teams to fade if the Knights are going to make the playoffs again.
3: All right, let's, let's break it down then, Dave. Uh, what is the situation that they're in in terms of uh, their position? Who's in their face? Uh, who are they afraid of? And what, what are they staring down?
8: Well, I'll go back to one of my favorite quotes of the season from Daryl Sutter, the Calgary coach about that. Any team that plays Colorado in the first round of the playoffs, it's just a waste of eight days. And so I think with all of that, like if you're the Golden Knights, you're trying to avoid like that wild card. You want to catch Edmonton or LA. Like you want to get in as one of the three Pacific Division teams. You don't want to get in as a wild card. So, so I think you're looking at, at trying to catch those teams and, you know, Dallas is, one point ahead of the golden Knights right now, but points percentage and all of that, like Dallas has got four games in hand. So you figure they have the advantage. So the Knights are looking at LA and Edmonton. I think in terms of head to head and really trying to catch them, the the thing, if you're a Knights fan that that has, or is working in their favor is the schedule. They get kind of a break in the schedule coming up here. They get Chicago, you know, tomorrow on Saturday, they've got a couple games with Seattle. They've got three games with Vancouver, which is playing well but you know, historically it's a team that the Knights have have had success against Arizona's in there. Like if the Knights are going to make their run, it's really over the next, you know, a handful of games for the next couple of weeks where the schedule gives them a soft spot that, that they can make some hay.
3: Do you believe that they rue the day that they got rid of, uh, Marc Andre Fleury?
8: Well, I think from chemistry wise, and it's hard because we're not in the locker room right now, but it's really felt, especially in the last, few weeks as this playoff race is heated up that this team has just gotten really tight and and kind of puckered up and it feels like a personality like Marc-Andre Fleury is what's needed maybe as as opposed to even what's on the ice you you know let's be fair like the Blackhawks aren't a very good team and Marc-Andre Fleury hasn't been like a great goaltender behind them or anything I don't think you can automatically say that the Golden Knights would be in a different situation if if they had kept him or anything like that but the reality of the situation is they put a lot of eggs in Robin Leonard's basket and he hasn't stayed healthy this year. You know, he's had upper body injuries, lower body injuries. If you believe the reports, it's a torn labrum, you know, anything from, you know, that to fractured kneecap and all that, which Robin Leonard's pushed back against. So I, I think in terms of just having a healthy Mark Andre Fleury, yeah, maybe, maybe they rue not having that, but I also feel, and, and I've heard this from the Golden Knights that. That Mark Andre Fleury is just good enough to break your heart, and, and I don't feel like they felt like he could get them a Stanley Cup. So in that sense, I don't feel like they have any
3: regrets. Listen, I, I, you know, you know, I love you, and this ain't about uh, you. This is about what you just said about what they're saying about him—that he's he's the guy to break your heart. How about he got me three Stanley Cups? How's that taste? He got three yeah. Stanley Cups in Pittsburgh. And you can say whatever you want about Matt Murray and all the other. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing. Uh, what I saw him do in 2009, and I know that was a long time ago, but in 2009 in Detroit on the road at the Joe in Game 7 to beat the Red Wings after losing uh, to them in six the year before, It was the most amazing thing I think I've ever seen. Uh, and you guys haven't sniffed anything uh, in Las Vegas since he was there. When he was there, you went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Then you decided that you wanted Robin Leonard, and Robin Leonard is like the black cloud diner. He's bad luck. Ever since he's been there, nothing good has happened. Have you noticed that? I mean, honestly.
8: It's, yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. And I mean, some of that controversy was, I-, I would say, created from Flurry's camp, if you go back to the tweet. But there's just been a swirl around that team ever since they brought him in. They, they never had a, suce- a succession plan for the goaltending. They never had a plan for what was going to happen after Mark Andre Fleury, And they kind of did it on the fly and they said, Oh, Robin Leonard's available. Well, let's bring him in. And then they decided to basically commit to him. And, and I, yeah, I would argue that, that you're right in the sense that they, that was a mistake. I think Robin Leonard's a good goaltender. I think he was really good in the bubble, gave them a chance. And, and the offense kind of let them down that year against Dallas, but right. you know, there's there's been some hits or misses and and I I think that's just the reality. I, I'm not going to sit here and defend it in in that regard. It's right. it's been a it's been a problem this year. Let's put it like that. Robin Leonard hasn't stayed healthy and goaltending has been one of their issues.
3: I, I got to say this: if that guy wins a Stanley Cup in Minnesota. I mean, you got that's like getting cancer oh, yeah. for Vegas. If uh-huh. that guy wins a Stanley Cup with the Wild after he moved to Chicago and then got moved at the deadline to Minnesota, and Billy Garen, who he knows, won Stanley Cups with Flurry uh, in Pittsburgh, if if that guy wins a Stanley Cup, I mean, honestly, I- I'll basically think Vegas will never win a Stanley Cup. It'll be it- it'll be their fault. It'll be Vegas's fault. That, he, that they won a Stanley Cup because they got rid of him the and they kept power. Robin Leonard and everything. I mean it. I mean it. Like, I honestly believe that.
8: Yeah, like the Billy Goat curse in Chicago or something, the curse of fly. I could see yeah. I know. I'll put it this way. If the Golden Knights don't make the playoffs or if they get knocked out early, I know there are a lot of fans here who will be wearing green and rooting for Minnesota just because of Marc-Andre Fleury.
3: Right. I will not do that. I'm not wearing anything from Minnesota ever. I just wanted to say that, and I hope they lose. How's that sound? I- I'm all for them losing. Uh, hey, Dave, always good catching up with you. We'll see if Vegas even makes the playoffs at this point. I can't no. believe how the mighty have fallen uh, in Sin City. Have a good weekend, Dave. Good catching up.
2: Take care. Thanks for being on
3: All right. uh, Carver, hi. I got to at least ask you, uh, you had Robin Leonard. I mean, Mm
8: -hmm.
3: uh, you think a lot more highly of him than I do, uh, because I, you know, he's done nothing in Vegas except be injured.
5: Well, I mean, look, what's he done in his career, Scotty? Let's be honest here with ourselves. Now the one year that he spent with the Islanders, yeah, he got them to the playoff. He was, you know, they went to the playoffs that year with him. They only went to the second round. Uh, other than that, What's he done? And I'm with you one hundred percent. They're gonna ruin the day. They are gonna rue the day that they picked him over Fleury. And I understand it. age, things like that, all of all the things. The guy won the Vesna last year there. I know right I, I mean it's just it, it it's kind of silly, and I can't believe what Dave's telling you there. I mean, there's people in the organization who you know think that uh, you know he can only get you so far and he can only do this. Like, he <laughs> like. What are you guys, he took you guys to the Stanley Cup final. Did you hear what I first. said to him? I'm like, what are, you, team. What, are what, said, like what are you finals? talking about? I like, go, oh what are you talking God. about? He
3: won three Stanley Cups and took you to the final.
5: Listen, Robin Leonard, now look, is, a, Robin Leonard look, is a good look. goalie. He's not Marc-Andre Fleury.
3: He's still playing, and, and he's now going to carry Minnesota, allegedly, yeah. to a Stanley oh. Cup run. And you know they're going to do some damage in the playoffs. They're going to be tough with him. I don't care what anybody says.
5: Minnesota is one of those teams that, over the last ten years, they maybe win around, always flame out in the second or first round. You watch; right. he'll get them an extra round this year. He'll get them to at least a Western Conference Final. He's that good, and he will bring them something. And then Kaprizov will go nuts; they'll they'll win yeah. a couple rounds.
3: Let me say this: and they talk about he's he's old; <laughs> he's still better than Robin Leonard <laughs> <laughs> in his sleep. Yes,
5: he is. He is. He is. And I like Robin, but he's not Marc Andre Fleury. I, I, he's, a, yeah. he's a good goalie. He's not Marc Andre Fleury. So, Marc Andre uh, Fleury's going him. to the Hall of
3: Fame. And Robin Leonard's right. going out uh, with his wife to dinner at Applebee's.
5: <laughs> it's all right. I mean, look, uh, she's not a bad looking woman. That's going to be a good night out for Robin. So there you go. Well,
3: then maybe you should <laughs> take her to a steakhouse. <laughs>